0: Jeff's ready. Do you want to warn our guest? <laughs> uh, t- well, Scott's uh, coming. <laughs> Go ahead. And hell's coming what? with him. No, I Jeff. told Scott
1: to put Todd next to him so that Scott could reach his neck.
2: <laughs> Todd, is this your second time? Is this, yeah, time? this the last no, time. This, this is my second time, and it was not so technically, you know, proficient back then. We didn't this, sit the, around. The first time you sat down. Socially in distanced a, on a table that has... Microphone sticking out of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, I didn't add any notes. No, that's okay.
0: Nobody cares. I am
3: just going with the flow, guys. We,
0: that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Just make sure you come in early on the theology.
3: Oh. Like right now? No.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can. Go ahead. In five, four. Oh.
1: <laughs>
4: I don't know if you're recording yet. Oh, or yeah, I'm... I have been. Oh, okay. Well, then.
5: Are <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs>
0: ready for the... Oh, there it is. <laughs> hey, listen to Billy Idol We didn't start the fire. You remember the song? It's not Billy Idol, but it's Billy Joel. Jo- <laughs> <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers, Rage right? Against the Machine.
1: It's just a total oh. mess. Billy, Billy, huh. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Joel is the Billy Idol of Billy
4: Eilish. Billy Joel is the Billy Idol of Billy Eilish.
1: need to shorten this song by the way never now yeah, we awkwardly look at each other Does that get longer every time? It, it feels like
0: it. Maybe it's just the fact that... Maybe you're just nervous.
1: Instead of uh, dropping it in, in post. <laughs> hey
0: everybody, welcome. This is Bros Bibles and Beers, BBB pod. Uh, that was Zach. Zach. Michael Scott is Zach just exploding <laughs> in the
5: corner. <laughs> he can't help himself.
0: <laughs> uh, Sorry. Zach, how tall do you feel right now? <laughs> well, after that, I feel like 4'8". <laughs>
1: Already. I'm 6'4 with good posture, Jeff. Okay. I've had bad posture. So usually 6'2 and a half, if All I'm right. being honest. All right.
0: Well, <laughs> hey. Scott. Hey. How are you doing? Good. That's great. All right. <clears throat> and also, this is becoming regular, Andy. Renewed for one more episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got it right. I mean, you just do the contract. I mean, actually, if you just show up, then you get, you get the contract.
4: Yeah, I was just dropping off some uh, copier paper to Zach today, (laughs) and
0: look at this.
1: Thank you. I printed out the rundown so we can all stay on target.
0: (laughs) And then we are joined... We no gotta rundown. We we are joined by uh, a great man, uh, fantastic pastor of Mountain View Church, and also um, he has a podcast called the Todd... Rod, God, <laughs> Pod, mm. and uh, I got an, I got a, uh, a listen today, and it is a very efficient, good discussion. I enjoyed it, and it was with wow, us. Uh, s- <laughs> efficient's
2: a good way to talk about it. It's, it's kind of the contrast to this, you know. It's right. Not so efficient, very like, all all over the same amount of content. Just this takes three times as long. But, oh yeah. But
0: it's a centered set, so we're all going in the same direction. Same, same so. idea. <laughs> Depends uh,
1: what you mean by center, but yeah. go ahead, Jeff so
0: so Todd Todd Rodharma, welcome oh, uh,
2: thank you glad and to be here.
0: Just everybody, just so you know I mean I'm drinking um Zach's beer right now, but my introduction uh to, it's a bell's, thanks. My introduction to alcohol was i mean I had drank before, but never really in a um in a setting where uh you're having a meal and stuff, and uh Colorado. You were sitting across at a big table. I think we were there for a a boot camp, um, a Ransom Heart boot camp, like in Colorado Springs. And you said, uh, anybody want to share a bottle of wine with me? And I have never drank wine before. And I'm like, yes.
4: And I'm, look where you are now. Yeah,
0: I know. I've moved Six up.
4: bottles
2: later that yeah. night, they were best <laughs> friends. I mean,
0: I'm in my AA classes. It's all working out. We'll edit that out. Um, but I've actually grown to enjoy a good bottle of Cabernet, and so I thank you. By no, himself, you're, you're solo, welcome. just
4: yeah. on his own, yeah. on a Tuesday. You know, it's all right, whatever. Hey, it's good. Co- I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm
2: glad I could help introduce you to the fruit of the vine. Yes, yes. absolutely.
0: Um, so welcome. Um, I got to say that I am
1: i almost want to apologize to Todd, almost, I'm not going to, but <laughs> for this only being your second time, and the first time was probably like three years ago or something like that. It, it's, it been was, oh it's been a while. Oh my god. It's been a while. There's no real excuse for that other than just being a bad friend, but mm-hmm. um, I'm glad you're back and... I I enjoy uh, I enjoy the podcast, especially yeah. this latest one, the the politics one.
2: Mm.
1: On part one, that was one you mentioned. You mentioned efficiency, Jeff and Todd. Uh, that was too efficient, and I know there's a part two coming out, which mm. will probably be out around the time this one comes out. Mm. But it was what was it titled? Politics and religion? Or I think so. Faith Some and politics.
4: Faith and part politics. one. Oh,
1: got it. I like faith and politics better than that, better than politics and religion. But it was, um, it was one that left me wanting more, because I'm that's that's a thing that I am uh, passionate about, or annoys me when those things get intertwined in unhealthy ways. But Mm -hmm. glad you talked
4: about it.
2: Yeah, well, it's on my mind just because of the world we live in and the season in which we find ourselves. So, yeah.
4: And it's you and Drew, and I am I am curious if you guys have any discussion beforehand, or if that's, like, you guys are flying totally blind, and...
2: Yeah, no, I mean, we're we we, we you, we're new to this whole thing, so I. it's helpful for me to come and see how it's done here, because I just, you know, I just had more stuff to say that I couldn't fit into sermons on Sunday, so mm-hmm. we just look for, like, a, a place to put all the remainder and the leftovers and the other stuff that I want to say, but I don't really have space to say, so... it's just a conversation with drew and then we bring in other guests and have other people from time to time. So yeah, we're still not even sure what, where, where it's going, but that's just needed to say some stuff and get it out. Same
1: with us, by the way. Yeah. Who knows where
0: this is going? Who knows? So it has been a couple of years. So could you, for listener, tell us like who you are, where you got started, what your beliefs are, (laughs) <laughs> oh gosh! Really?
1: What you're doing? Define the right. center right now. Chil-
0: the children. Your background of you know what's their background? Yeah, gosh. Uh, well, keep wow. it brief. Right? Your worst sin. And it, please, and please be efficient. <laughs> oh man! I've been uh, uh, All right, here we go. Been,
2: been in California for a long time. Feel like a native, even though I grew up in New Jersey, but um, until I was 10. But you know, I have. A family that's been kind of rude in this area for a long time but yet they've all either died or moved away so now I'm kind of the last Californian standing um and now I've got you know my wife and we've been married this Thursday it'll be our I don't know it's a 32nd anniversary I think Whoa. yeah 32nd I believe you congratulations that's a long time a lot mazel tov. about to have our second grandson uh, mm. my son's about to have a uh, baby and why would you
4: say i believe mom's... you like we don't like yeah know, no like... he just he believes i believe you and I, I believe
2: you todd these guys might he's not he's making but... comments about my wife well he said old 30, old 30 seconds <laughs> <laughs> well you know yeah i kind of lost track and uh, i was trying to add up years it was 1988 and yeah that's it i tried to do the math math's not my strong suit I actually went to college thinking i was going to be a um chiropractor and didn't like any of the science classes loved literature and Bible and so got into that and it kind of grew into this career teaching the Bible and being a pastor and been doing it ever since so I love it love what I get to do and the people I get to do it with and so yeah glad to be here today
0: nice awesome um so before we kind of get started I wanted to share that we didn't start the fire uh, by Billy Joel years ago, i don 't know why this came on, but it, we didn 't start the fire. It, is always, it, it was always burning since the world 's been turning. And I started listening to that because of just the situation we 're in, in in the world, in our society, and in the
1: universe even. yeah
0: he meant I mean he 's going through he 's mentioning it was almost like, you know what? <laughs> this has always been happening. And he mentions all the good and the bad and the ideas and the death and fear and terrible things that have always been happening, and and it was it was here before, um, before you know I was here, and it was it'll be here after, and it doesn't it doesn't go away, and that's the good and the bad and the ugly and the amazing, and and it just it made me reflect on how I've been looking at um, you know this whole. COVID-19 and really our society but then you know our church and my friends and and how people see you know what's going on and how they see the world and how they see themselves in it and so Todd I knew you were coming on today and so I started thinking more about that reflecting and I'm like like where do you see yourself in it you know as a a leader, a father, a husband, Um, and have you, and especially in the church, have you gained and or lost anything in being separated like physically from the congregation? Um, I say gained, because I don't know, maybe you reflected on something and something has happened, but just could you Could you share a little bit on how this has gone for you as a pastor and then as, you know, family in general?
2: You know, it's been a weird, um, it's just been a weird season to be a pastor, partly because you're trying to, in the first two weeks at, well, at the beginning of this whole thing, before, you know, the government shut down, we had this question of what are we going to do? When it started looking like we needed to maybe not have services, and so the debate and the decisions about how do we keep people safe and do all that was kind of the forefront of our mind. It's like, man, we got we got to be concerned about kids and about you know old people and about just this congregation and how do we do that? And you know, it, that was the first part of the conversation, and then like trying to rewrite all of our plans of how we do that. And then realizing in the middle of that, I don't know if that's going to be enough. And we may need to not meet this weekend. And so it was like a one week at a time thing, the first week. And then, uh, man, and then it, it turned into this kind of huge thing where everybody's got this stay at home and um, quarantine or whatever you call it. I don't even know. There's so many lockdown. What, what do we call
4: it? Right. Shelter <laughs> right, place, right. quarantine, yeah. lockdown.
2: And so, so. In that, basically, the church turns overnight from a thing about where we gather people together to do what we do to being like a TV studio to where we, we produce content and we push it out and try to figure out ways to get people connected back to it and mm-hmm. to the church. And that part was—it it was a steep learning curve, and it was a busy season of just trying to figure out, like, how do you do that? And, um, yeah, it, it was— it was good because it forced us to work on stuff that we had always put on the back burner that we kind of like knew that we needed to figure out how to do some certain things better. But we, you know, we just didn't have time because of the day-to-day stuff. Right. So now all the day-to-day stuff got shut down and that kind of came in. So, Well, it, I bring it up because I'm
0: I'm a school teacher, sixth yeah. grade, and I've lost my... I can't take a knee next to a kid at a desk and connect and walk them through and it's been very difficult, which is why I thought something's got to be changed as a pastor yeah. in that role.
2: Well, it's really it's really similar. The The thing is, it's kind of like being the teacher and being the administrator of the school at the same time, is you're having both the large-scale decisions about how to navigate that and what to pay for and do, and the decisions about how do you connect to the kids and the people the same way. So yeah, it's it's been hard, but at the same time, in some ways, the church has, has grown because we've learned some new things, and we've learned how to how to um, communicate in a digital environment and operate in a different type of a world and do all of these meetings on Zoom. And I hate. The, mm, yeah, it's it just not, I mean, there's some things I like about it. Like I was telling Tracy, I have meetings pretty much every night this week. And normally that would be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be out every night. But I'm like, no, it's not that big a deal. Cause I'm going to be here and I'll just have a meeting and then I'll be home. Cause I'm right. right. So there is something about that. That's good. You and don't need pants. You don't, I've heard, <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that, but I, I, I careful. Not to uh, indulge that, because I've seen some of the fails. they have been fails, indeed. On the...
4: <laughs> I pick out my pants for the week on Monday. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely don't change
2: clothes. I mean, I pretty much shower once a week. But, um, yeah, that part's been, it's just been a, a weird thing to adapt to. But, um, yeah, I was just telling somebody this week, like, I, I realize our... We've got more stuff going on and that's what, you know, a lot of the things that people keep saying, oh yeah, you got all this time and everybody's just at home. And I'm like, no, actually I don't have more time. I, all my time got eaten up because right. I've got spent twice as much time doing all the things because mm-hmm. I've got to learn how to do new things. Yeah. And so that part hasn't been, you know, I haven't had time to reflect and to think lots. It's kind of been just being in the middle of all of the stuff. So yeah, it's, it's been interesting.
1: So I want to know what you will take. Do you have something that you've learned in doing church at MVC.live? Did we already say that?
0: We just did. It'll be in the show notes. That's good.
1: Um, What you've learned doing church digitally, uh, well, maybe what you realized quickly that you were missing that should have been there all along and going forward, something that will stick around that you've learned um, as church begins to normalize again,
2: well, I, I think the biggest thing we realize is um, you know we we're able to reach a lot broader audience, um, and because there's a lot more people that are watching services all over the world, and people that aren't necessarily geographically close enough to come uh, get invited by people because they share it. And that that sharing makes it really uh, easy and convenient for people to share. Their church, the things that they love, with other people, um, but you know, the attention that you have is different when people are in a room than it is when they're on TV, and you know, it's easy to change the channel or to move on to something if it loses interest. So, that's what we're still trying to learn is how to do that well and keep that connected. But we realize that at this, that you know, as we go back to normal and whenever that is and however that rolls out. You know, we've got to, from from here on out, we have a digital congregation, because there'll be some people that won't feel comfortable coming back, and there'll be some people that we've gained that aren't geographically close, that won't, you know, be, be coming back. So we've actually, through this, gained a wider congregation, or another campus, I guess, you know, if you're hmm. thinking of right. places with multi-campus, huh. that we'll still have an online church, and we'll have to think about that group of people, and not just put our services up online as an afterthought because that's kind of what we did before. It was like, we put it up online so that if people missed it. They could watch it, but it's not as good as the live experience. I don't know that it's ever going to be as good as the live experience. Nothing is. Yeah. Yeah. But to think about those people and be intentional about it is I think important in serving people in the, you know, the new reality in which we find ourselves.
4: I think that's a big difference that it, it may have gone from uh, a place of, we did this because this is something that you do, right? Mm-hmm. You put you put your you put your uh, your every Sunday morning you put your services up on online, and that's that's the thing that you're supposed to do. To uh, no, we're we're much more intentional and thoughtful about why we're doing this and who it's for and what purpose it's serving. And uh, and I do like the way that you kind of mentioned that in the middle of in the middle of this, one of the things that you you gain from it is we've been forced to kind of address these things that we haven't either haven't had time to or just maybe didn't prioritize or didn't realize that they were as important as they needed to be. So I'm really curious to see like once once we move past this once a you know a full service is uh, is available in in a, in a building with everybody what what will happen in that digital world and and what are the good things that we want to maintain and what are the things that we're like yeah that's all right if that goes away. Mhm. It'll be it'll be interesting to see.
0: I have a terrible a terrible experience during this because it was always like first of all interacting with the the worship is amazing for me. Like there's this back and forth live um it's nice in the there's something about the environment.
1: Is it nice?
0: It's interesting. There's something about environment, though, Todd, that I, you know, as a pastor, I'm sure you feel it, just doing things digitally as opposed to being there, worship from afar. It's like, okay, it's one thing to listen to my favorite band on the radio. It's another thing to be there front row and really feel it and and engage. And so... Get some
1: sweat on you from
0: Billy Joel. Yeah. So I've... So uh, just speaking as... (laughs) just speaking as somebody from, within the the congregation of a, any church um little my church just the uh, the i don't get up afterwards and get a hug seven or eight or whatever people and catch
2: up a little bit. and You just need to hug your family multiple times. <laughs> they don't want to hug me feel, anymore. You can just have them dress up as different people. at church. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, That's the new thing.
1: His wife did just get a Handmaid's Tale outfit. <laughs> oh, I saw that. That oh, is
0: God. brilliant. <laughs> my wife. Uh,
4: she, Caleb, you're Todd
0: today. She has been so... <laughs> <laughs> my wife has been so uncomfortable with so many things I've done in our, our 15 years of marriage. Uh, Like embarrassing She's like Oh my god Don't do that Oh my gosh You did that And uh, now She gets this This dress And she puts it on And she's like I'm going over to the neighbors To like say hi It's like her friend And I'm like Oh my god This is what you feel like On the thousands of things That I've done (laughs) In public
2: Blessed be the fruit
0: (laughs) May the lord open (laughs) So Todd
1: Sounds like Todd's watched that Oh yeah
4: it's an awful awful. at the end
1: of each episode we're starting to do this what are you consuming little segment where you just talk about what you're consuming and that was jeff's on the last one Mm. and you guys mentioned it on the recent episode on faith in politics Mm. and it was funny how uh jeff told people not to watch it right but you you couldn't stop watching it yourself my
0: wife she's my wife's like uh we need to get a couple episodes in tonight I'm like, I've gotten sick to my stomach just <laughs> thinking about that. <laughs> and then we, you know, I'm like, okay. And we sit for, you know, two hours watching the episodes. I'm like, oh, I'm still sick, but why am I watching it?
1: And then, <laughs> yeah. And then Drew, Drew said, I, I don't want to recommend it.
4: Being a Christian podcast. You like, get, I don't want uh, people be, You could
1: tell oh, it's like, it's, yeah. it's one of those things that people are enjoying. Isn't the right word. They're consuming it and it is. It sucks you in, but it's so... It's heavy, I guess. I
2: haven't seen it at all. Yeah, yeah. it's heavy. It's not one of those things that you enjoy no. so much as that you... Endure. Well, <laughs> but, I'm like, but I'm also like... But it's not just endure, because like, it a is little like, too... oh, man. Because like, it's this... too close yeah. to home. Yes. There's parts of it that yes. are reality, and parts of it that are... Sca- yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, it, it was it was a well-written, and that that version of it was well done. So <sighs> Yes, it was well done. Um, hey, let me just
1: say hi to Drew, because... I wanted to, I thought about him, and I wanted to compliment him, so I will. Um, on his podcasting when you guys first started, I'm like Drew's gonna kind of co-host and kind of be the point man on things, and not as a dig, but more. I I don't know Drew terribly well, but he's kind of quiet and kind of a quiet guy. I was like, okay, let's see how this goes. And he's like developing into a, a good setup guy for you. He, he's perfect. You,
2: he just tees it up and I can hit it. Yeah. And, and he, and he can respond really, too. He, he's really articulate and he can respond well and he just keeps things flowing and asks good questions. And he's hilarious. You don't get that very much on the podcast. But yeah, he's sneaky funny. He's yeah. sneaky funny. Yeah, for sure.
1: I, I feel like you guys are, like you said, you guys are still kind of getting used to it. and. Yeah things develop over time, you get more comfortable. Um, you figure out what the identity of it is and will be. And sometimes things, that stuff happens without even trying. So good job, Drew. Hi, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: uh, so that was, that That was that moment. Good. That, was that just happened, I, I, Jeff. I, <laughs> right. So I do, I do want to, I did have a question. I do have a question, um, outside of what I asked earlier, but the uh jesus like where does jesus rest in all of you know the world on all the situations all the things that just happen with people like where does where does where is god in all of it if jesus was here today and which you know i tried to play like i was jesus three or four weeks ago and i just was running and shaking i was asking bill you can i shake your hand and you know, I just is that how Jesus talks? Did yeah. you just ask, no. where, where is no. God no. in all did the Jesus things, ever, in all the places,
2: in all the world? Hold on. <laughs> hold on. It's an hold easy question. Hey, can we, I shake
0: yeah. your hand? Yeah, and I just... I, I'm I'll like, wait for your it, answer. It had been two weeks, and I went up to people. like, hey, can I shake your hand? I'm put it on you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'll take your answer and, off the air. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I did this. These were all willing people,
2: but I'm thinking, Jesus doesn't shy away from people. Jesus. But, but he also never shook anybody's hand that we know of. That's a good but, point. But, it's
4: never mentioned once in the Bible.
2: That's never true. once.
1: Well done. Yeah. <laughs> Even Scott can agree with
3: that.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Probably. So, so,
2: so Jesus never. Jesus doesn't touch anybody. Well, no, I didn't say he didn't touch people. Okay. He just didn't shake their hands because <laughs> it wasn't a thing back then. You're not had a handshaker. <laughs> Everybody knows that, but, Jeff. Uh, 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 but but, but
0: uh, disease, illness, people suffering from things. Jesus ever lay hands on people that people would be like, "Whoa, don't do that."
3: But didn't he? he didn't he heal a leper? I don't know if he touched him. He did he, he, several so times. Yeah. He
2: touched lepers. Yeah. Some, yeah, you know, when no one would. Yeah, he would touch people and heal them because, you know the the cleanliness, you know, rules in the Jewish law, Mm -hmm. there's lots of rules about what's clean and unclean. And that was their whole thing about whether you could go to the temple, you had to be clean and unclean. And if a woman's having her period, or if you ever touched a dead body, or if you came anywhere near, you know, like a leper or, you know, touch the leper, or if you had a emission of semen or any other kind of things like it made you unclean and you couldn't go to the temple unless you went to took those ritual baths and did all of these things that are very much like what we're being asked to do with washing hands and right. you know keeping sounds, things
4: clean sounds like big bath was involved in this one really trying to big, big <laughs> bath, <laughs>
2: big big bath, bath and, and beyond big the, bath was pushing their agenda
4: big bath yeah. and beyond you're no. gonna have to get washed up if you're gonna go there
2: you know, and and it did you know, depending on how you interpret it, it was either, you know, as God's given these cleanliness laws or just that the people are using this as a way of thinking about holiness and what it means to go into God's presence or whatever. But Jesus did, you know, go against the culture of his day and the religious culture of his day that was very observant of those things, not just to be oppositional, but because he was um he was the one that was making real cleanliness. He was the one that was bringing real forgiveness. And he was saying, you know, the temple is not ultimately, and the authorities in the temple and the religious establishment is not ultimately what's going to make you clean and acceptable to God. Um, it's an internal thing that God's doing in your heart, and it's what Jesus was there to do. So, yeah, so that, I mean, I definitely think there's there's parallels but I don't know that they're like necessarily one-to-one parallels that we can necessarily sure. always draw it straight sure. across. But,
3: and I think there's an an aspect of that where it, I don't. Jesus didn't go out to intentionally. I don't think to intentionally violate the Old Testament law. It was the leper came to him, and it's the it's the. Do you does he heal or does he follow the law? Which is which is greater? Which is better? And it's to heal the person is better than to fall a law. So and he does it on the Sabbath. I mean, he gives the example of he, he
2: does it on the Sabbath a lot. And so yeah, that's where yeah. I would I, I would just differ to say maybe Jesus did some of those things to kind of piss off the religious people because he it seems like he's always intentionally doing healings on the Sabbath. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to come back. back trouble. For I it. need you
4: to come back tomorrow before <laughs> right. I heal you. It's right. Saturday today. Right. That's, well, well, <laughs> that's the baby Jesus I live. like. Yeah. The
0: eight out, eight pound six ounce baby Jesus. I like the baby Jesus who wants to rebel. Wait, that was my weight last week.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and totally. You you definitely love that part because that there and there is that aspect of Jesus. He did that. Like he didn't have to touch the leper to heal him. Um, he could have, like in, in some cases, Jesus just spoke healing to people that Mm -hmm. were in the area and the leper wasn't even asking him to touch him, but Jesus knowing what compassion looked like in that situation and a guy that had been an outcast and hadn't been touched for a Mm -hmm. long time, Jesus, I don't know, maybe he knew what the man's needs were more at that time, but that's where I, I. I do see Jesus kind of playing this this line between he he definitely didn't it didn't bother him to piss off self righteous religious people that was kind of one of his hobbies
1: and but the, and, and at the same time there was he would also dine he would end up breaking bread with somebody that you hated like no matter what your perspective I feel like it's like whether it's the roman centurion the the Pharisees and the tax collector everything in between there's he was an Equal opportunity offender and who he talked to and I feel like that that could be absorbed in this culture now where things are just so either A or B you're either in or out in whatever group you are
2: yeah well and that and that's sometimes I think what I feel like is it feels like being a like a, I think I said it on the podcast like a kid caught in a divorce like yeah. in, the parents are both hate each other and you're just like Mm-hmm. but I get your part and I get your part and I, yeah. but you know, then you just get smacked both ways. Right. <laughs> so it's like, oh, Do you, my, have you ever been, sorry, no, go ahead. Uh, make sure you
1: put a pin in that mentally. Um, wh- have you ever been on up on stage talking and have you be, ever been aware of, Oh, I see that person almost like subconsciously. Oh, that guy hates that girl. Oh, that
2: I know that those two people hate each other, like while you're doing the sermon. Oh, yeah, all the time. And that's what makes it so hard to do it to a camera because I don't have that. And I don't have anybody responding or looking yeah. at me. Yeah. So you don't know if anything connects. I, I realized that when I watched Saturday Night Live try to do their at home special and oh, they were not funny my at gosh. all. Without a laugh track and right. without like yeah. cue cards and all the stuff, they were Especially miserably in the
1: beginning. It's like I'm gonna say something that is a joke with an applause break. <laughs> and it's just silent. There's like nothing
2: there. It's so weird. Yeah. It it's a different different thing. But yeah, that all the time when there's a real live congregation, there's real live issues and real live people that disagree yeah. with each other and have different opinions about stuff and you know, I'm always aware of those differences and those things and I I love having them in a room because then at least we can it it just feels more like a conversation to me than when I'm just speaking to air and nobody's right. there. Right. And I'm hoping somebody's listening, but
1: it's different. That's, that's one of the things that I, I, let me butter you up some more before <laughs> up, who's watching live. The...
2: Yeah, I know. It's like, Oh, somebody, Oh, and they, they made a comment. They made a comment in a little feed, but, that but, but again, I can't, I can't watch that because I get distracted by it and then I'm like off game. So yeah, I don't, the whole thing is just a weird, awkward thing.
1: Yeah. Well, I was gonna say that one of the things i've always appreciated about you, Todd, is your ability to preach quote unquote but it's like a con- it is conversational it's it's not it doesn't feel like a performance sometimes you're animated and you're pumped up and other times you're more having a conversation but one of the things that annoys me about preachers sometimes is. When you can tell, it's like, oh, they flipped on the preacher switch, and it's like, now they're a different person. I, it's not the guy that I know in, on the street when I see him Monday through Friday. It, it's in preacher mode, and it's like a different person. But I don't get that with you. So, thank you for that. Well, thank you for thank you for noticing. doing that for me. This, thank you for all these how great years. I am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
5: really
1: all right, now Scott, bring him back down. Right. <laughs> Scott, are you going to say something? I'm I, just kidding. You did. I,
3: I had my turn. Okay. I do
4: think that it's. it's I mean, wait, well, yeah,
3: hold on. I reserve the right to play <laughs> okay. on. Okay. I'm time. just saying.
4: Yeah. I'm gonna need some more juice. I'm gonna say it on the podcast. I barely hear myself. I'm in there a little bit. Keep going. I could take 20% more. you Maybe you're not even turning my. Are I might well, be loud to loud No. You.
0: Actually, you should know your contract. Might actually. be a different <laughs> knob. <laughs> Ten minutes. <laughs> hold on. Let me look for a different knob.
4: <laughs> that might be it. Oh, Something scratchy. Oh, that Ooh. feels better. That was
1: the gain. The gain was scratching, but feel, here we go.
4: I feel better about this now. We, we Welcome back, your, Andy. We talked to your agent. All right, let's start out. over. Hit I the music. Have, I have no idea what I've said up until this point because I couldn't hear myself. So. Neither does anyone else. <laughs> I, I could hear you. I'm curious, though, because there is something to, um, when you're speaking, at, you're juggling so many things at the same time when you're publicly speaking, and one of those is trying to get the temperature of the room And I've seen people who've done that who are like, I don't know what the version of tone deaf is for getting the temperature of the room, but there's a version of that. And then there's others who are really sensitive and dialed in and like very self-reflective in the moment on the fly. And so you're one of the people that I think has done that really well Um, and I'm, not as a comparison, but like Mike Erie is another person I've seen who does that really well, like catching the temperature of the room, recognizing when something comes out, and even if it's just ad hoc and they're and he's shooting from the hip, and you can do this too. You like you recognize that's a funny thing or that's a weird thing, and you can call it out. Um, I'm curious. So, so in this moment now, like as you're doing this, that's that's a whole part of your world that's you. It's just gone. It's just cut out. Yeah, it's gone. And by the way,
2: the fact that you mentioned me and Mike Erie in the same sentence really <laughs> makes me feel good, so thank you. Um, but I... I, uh, Yeah, that's the worst part about the whole thing. Like, honestly, in the last two times that I've recorded sermons, because we've gone to re- pre-recording them now, to just because it doesn't make sense to try to just do it. There's too many technical problems that can go wrong trying to do it live yeah. on Sunday morning. Right. So it's like, yeah, we, we've had all those problems. So we've gone to recording them on Fridays, but... I uh w- which incidentally gives me a weekend for the first time in my life. Like literally I never great? had a Friday. Dude. Normally oh normally people say it's Friday and I'm like oh crap it's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like oh that means like that's like the crux of my work week is Cut Friday, to him Saturday, throwing Sunday.
1: Joel Osteen's book <laughs> every day is a Friday across the room.
4: Is that a thing? Is that, that's that his, really a book? He, I mean, yeah, every oh, day is a Friday. What a joke. It's an
2: old one. He must pre-record too. Yeah, I, I don't know. But but you know now we're, we're pre-recording and it's like, literally I've, I walk away from those and I just, I'm a wreck. I feel like this sucks. I hate this. I don't want to do this anymore. I, I got to find a new line of work. Like this is yeah. not fun <laughs> oh, at all no. because it's just, yeah, it's just not, it's not the same. It's not fun. And uh, at, li- actually I'd rather preach to my phone recording me all by myself than preach with a Mm -hmm. few people standing around turning knobs and looking at me and looking at their watch and doing whatever else because it feels even (laughs) more awkward. It's just terrible. Totally awkward.
1: You can tell the guy is double tapping on Instagram to like. (laughs) You're in the middle of like a serious rant.
4: Yeah. Did you even get my point camera guy?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Man. Well, I I did have one last thing. One last
1: thing? We just got, we're just
0: getting started. Well, okay, that's then. For there's you. then there's Scotts. Okay, I believe Scott's going through Deuteronomy with Todd like... tonight. <laughs> I want to talk
1: more about partisanship.
0: Go ahead. <laughs> so,
3: potentiality to get
0: juicy. Here it comes. A couple of weeks ago, <laughs> we did a podcast. Todd had put out a a message: how to determine what is best. This is April twenty third, and this this was the. He's holding a stone. Good. The it says it's a. It's like a, a street oh, sign. A street sign that says "good" in red. Yellow has the word "better" on it, and then in green, on the green sign, it says "best." Yeah,
2: good, it, better, best. And, and just like it's amazing that you spent that much time thinking about the the picture because. I just grabbed that off of Google Images, and I, I, I looked. I looked at it. It changed my day. I spanked my
0: children for the first time that day. I'm like, "What is best? I'm going to hit you
1: hey, for the first time that day." So the previous day, maybe it also happened.
0: That was better. Uh, no, but it's a. It, it drew me into reading, and it starts out and goes through, and I'm like, "This oh man, I love listening." to, or reading what Todd has to say. And, you know, it starts out, this is my prayer that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best. Philippians one verse nine and 10. And it goes on to talk about, you know, our culture thrives, blah, blah, blah. There's always good and evil, black and white. And, but you get into like what love, what love is and what loving people is. And, then it, it, my comment was at the very about the very end when you summarized everything It says, so when we are given a choice between what's better for us and what's better for others christians ask what love would do which i'm like god i love Todd. i love listening to I him love you too i love lis- I love reading or listening to him sounds like the butt's coming
2: then then we everybody do everybody has such a big but here, here comes Jeff's big butt. It's pee Wee Herman quote. Sorry.
0: <laughs> Christians ask Time what leaps. love would do. Then we do that. Christians ask what love would do. Then we do that. Not because the governor said so. I'm like, son of a... Gosh. Paul. Paul. Double exclamation. <laughs> Not because the governor said so. Because Jesus did. Because... Paul did, because that's what love does. And for some reason, I was so irked by that. I And I think it was... He was miffed, too. That I'm, that I'm reading this, I'm like, oh, yes, there's no mention of anything but Jesus and love and the Bible and the, all the... Whether it's good or bad, all from the Bible. And then to see, like, the governor, I'm like... Oh my gosh! So you're not a fan of the governor, Jeff? <laughs> um, it it you could have been anything. His it name been, triggers you. It could no, it, it wasn't that. It <laughs> but but I I wondered because I then had a conversation with my wife. I'm like, do you, why do you think Todd put that in there at the end? Is it just to say you. I mean, it's just like you know we recognize the governor is telling us to do stuff, and. Then it says because Jesus did. We, we Christians ask what love would do. Then we do that, not because the governor said so. I'm like, is the governor asking us to love people? Did was it even meant that way? And my thing is not to pick things apart in little details. Is this but, moving please, towards... Please, a, please respond. No, it's
2: actually an interesting question. Because when I when I heard you say that on the podcast, it didn't... It seemed like you guys moved on and there was another conversation afterwards and I didn't quite get the... Shocking. The ending of it. Yeah. No. And I, I get how it works. So
4: I, I expected it. <laughs> Are but, you saying the question was asked and it wasn't addressed? Well, it kind of <laughs> started weird. and then it got off on another <laughs> Anyway, table. so... Exactly.
1: So,
3: but...
2: Moving you know, on. what's funny is I, I went back and I read that again to go, I wonder what it is that bugged Jeff about it. Cause like, cause I don't think you should listen to the governor and you should listen to Jesus because is Jeff love the governor that much that he really wants oh, to listen so to what funny. the governor says. And I knew that wasn't the case, but that could have been interpreted that way by somebody that wasn't of your political persuasion or perspective. I actually, I intentionally wrote it very, um, Nonpartisanly, to, to to recognize it was open that, sure. that it could be interpreted either way as either, uh, yeah, I don't care what the governor says, or as, um, yeah, even if the governor says something, it's not we're doing it because the governor said it; it's because we do it because Jesus said it. So, like either way, what I'm saying is, our highest authority is not the governor or state of California or the United States of America. Like we answer to a higher authority. Right. And the Constitution. He's, he's saying, oh. No, even, <laughs> either, even above that. Yeah, and, and, and that's where, like, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, it's like, whoa, what do you mean? Um, but, like, I, for me as a follower of Jesus, like, he's my authority. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And so... Amen. So I, I look to him as the highest authority. Now, if the governor says something that agrees with what Jesus says, and I, I do know that the, at least the way that they've talked about social distancing and what we're trying to do together is this idea of, you know, we got to look out for the the sick among us and the, the least of these and take care of each other. And I think that is a, a an important idea. And I do think sometimes Democrats do a better job getting that idea um, across than Republicans do, because we, I say we, or Republicans tend to
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa! Breaking news. Are you registered Republican? What just happened right (laughs) now? Is that another Freudian
2: slip? (laughs) I don't have a dog in this whole conversation. I I don't have a dog in that fight, but uh, you know, yeah, if you don't register as something, you don't get to vote in primaries and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I got to say, the only well, I don't want to go into that. I I did. I voted for Jesse Jackson when I was in college. I'll say that. Nice. Sorry. I voted for Ross Perot. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I I usually tend to get the outlier candidate that like ruins it for everybody else. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's probably not, you know, Ron Paul, you know, it's like, (laughs) so anyway, yeah, I tend, tend to be a little bit contrarian on a lot of those things, but, um, yeah, I, I, I don't usually think along party lines, but I think, uh, I think this is where democrats oftentimes get part of that right is in the caring about the underdog and the marginalized and the person that has been um you know denied rights or doesn't have a voice speaking up for those that don't have a voice and that i think is a jesus thing and i appreciate that and so it's why i think people often me as a bleeding heart liberal which my dad always called me he thought i was a communist
0: <laughs> your dad called me a communist yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> whoa he,
4: he thought well you play soccer Right. I mean, it's a sport. <laughs> he's like that's chinese <laughs> think, to be fair y- you played yeah and you played for russia so <laughs> <laughs>
3: so jeff would you not have been disturbed if you would have put Trump in there instead of
0: Newsom? It wouldn't have mattered. Oh, okay. I just didn't I'm I'm so I'm so tired of the If it were anyone else what I, irked me was not that it was it was coming from Todd what irked me was that I'm like I'm uh, man I didn't want to read triggered. my I'm like I didn't want to read my church message with a politician's name in it. Gosh darn it. I, I, I didn't say the name. I just said the governor. That, that was enough. Okay. <laughs> he didn't say which state. Lord and Savior. I didn't say Jesus. Um it, it was just that it we're in this environment and it it wasn't it, it w- there was nothing that I looked into and I thought you know I have a personal thing with with you it was more man I'm so exhausted this is so and that was like you know 3 weeks ago or I'll something like that
4: imagine how exhausted oh we all are Oh my gosh now. yeah I think the the term that someone used recently that that stuck out to me was uh I think we're all feeling a little crispy <laughs> and, and that seems like a good, sure. a good adjective to describe. Yeah, we're all we're all a little crispy. Well, and that's
2: the it's like the perfect storm because everybody's on edge because they're home all the time, their life's been disrupted. There's nothing but just fear and bitterness on the every news channel and every social media, and it's like yeah, it's the perfect storm for everybody to just be angry and punching each other. Yeah. And, <laughs> It's happening in my home.
4: <laughs> well, so I'm <laughs> glad that you kind of brought up some of those earlier topics because Lindsay, and my wife, and I were talking earlier. Oh, why would you why would tonight? You do that? Why would we talk? Because mm. <laughs> we're in the same house all the time, mm. all the time. Oh, you uh, care about your wife's opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that, uh, Scott. I wanted to talk. I don't know which button to hit here. Anyway, the 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 topic that we we're discussing cuz we both had a chance to listen to your podcast this morning as well too and and what really stuck out was this idea that in in many ways today it's it's almost like we're we're placed in this position to to choose which group to love um and and they're they're somewhat opposed y- you can love group A by sheltering in place and, um, and choosing to quarantine and, and, and contain the virus. Um, but if you do that, you will not love group B because the, the implications of loving group A means uh, economic, uh, economic implications on a wide degree. Yeah. So all of these things. And, and, and I was walking out the door, so she and I didn't get to talk about a ton, but she like, just planted the seed, and I was like, this is a, this is a great one. And, I, and I'm curious, like, where does Jesus fall in the middle of that? Where do we as Christians, how do we engage when faced with this uh, sort of conundrum? Uh, I, I can't love both groups well equally.
3: Yeah, well, I was thinking the economics part a little bit different, but I mean, that, that aspect as well, but love to some degree, does follow the laws of economics, some some of these laws where you can't love 100%, 100% of the people 100% of the time. Uh, you're often faced with choices. If you choose to love one person at a given point in time, by like you're saying, by definition, you can't love someone else at that same time or to the same degree. Sure, yeah. In just like economics, you got to make choices, who gets what, when, and how, right? That's like the definition of economics. Who, who are you going to love or what aspect are you going to love? Or, um, there's a, like this. Yeah. How how do you do both? How do you protect people and not, and protect people's jobs is very difficult. Yeah
4: which the intentions are great in one direction.
2: Well, and it, it just, that's it's why it sucks to be in leadership and have to make those calls. Like if, and this is where no matter, no matter how, whether you agree with the governor or not with the governor, I don't want his job. I think it's the worst job. Oh, yeah. it's, it's an impossible situation. To have to, I mean, other than being the president, it's the worst job because the, you have people that you're responsible for and your decisions mean people either lose income and lose the economy or lose lives and you're you're making those calls man that's just brutal and and those decisions oh and and that's where i i get like everybody's gonna you know struggle with what is which side to fall on on those things but when you're the person in charge of actually having to make that decision you got people on both sides in your ear and you are if you are actually a conscientious person thinking about that stuff Like honestly, one of my thoughts before they made the stay at home orders, when we were trying to decide as a church, are we going to stay home? Are we going to have people stay home? I know there's lots of people at our church that there is nothing that would keep them from coming to church unless we didn't have it, unless they said, stay home. They're not going to stay home. Well, and some of them are are in the... I know you're pointing fingers at (laughs) Jeff. But he wouldn't. Well, if they said stay stay home? home. If If they said said stay home, you would not stay home. They would not stay home. If we said we were having church, you'd probably stay home. But that's just you.
4: (laughs) The point is you would
2: be he knows in that you so well. no matter yeah. what. Right. The, the right, point is right, you're right. just doing Can't the keep contrary thing cuz that's just who you yes how you roll. I, and I got to say I'm, I'm I'm partly with you. I would you. never not be at church if I could make it if you, yeah, go if you were planning on something else, right. But unless unless I told you to come, then you would just resent being told what to do. And <laughs> <laughs> you would not want to come, right? I mean, kind of. I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. I'm just saying. like. Jeff, when,
4: I don't want you to when, not, don't come.
2: When, when there are signs, all right, I didn't say, I, I did say that, we'll but edit I didn't that mean out. that. All right. There there are signs in our parking lot at the church that say no skateboarding, no rollerblading, which I don't think that's even a thing anymore, but they're really old signs. Timely. And, and no bicycling. And... All it makes me want to do is like go find a pair of (laughs) rollerblades and like a skateboard and you know skate it up. Well, you brought you brought this up. You brought this
0: actually up on your podcast about the beach. Like, oh, they shut the beach. How can they shut the beach? Not not you, but just people in general. Just like, oh my gosh, they shut the beach, and we're gonna go and picket and parade down the streets, and which people did, and we were there and um and then they're like beaches are open it's like i don't want to go to the beach <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's like, i know and there is something about being anyway. told not to do something <laughs> that makes you want to do it but what i was what i was trying to get at was this idea of i i mean we have people that are in those high-risk people groups over 70 copd and they would there's nothing that would stop them if i hadn't said no we're going to stay and, and there frankly those people were in my mind when we made those decisions cuz i'm like mm. i care about these people and i i don't want them for the sake of like being faithful to to die over this you know well
4: let me let me dial it back cuz we didn't quite answer my question so i'm going to i'm going to pull it right back in, which is <clears throat> um, quite specifically i think we get this this current situation has shined, shined a light on the fact that that we are we are being called to make a decision on which group to uh, to to put our attention or our love attention on, um, and if you look at like, and I think these these numbers will start to un- unpack a little bit more as time goes on, but but if you think about like the increases in calls to suicide hotlines have just like spiked an incredible amount just. Um, and and uh, if you kind of go down the list of, of uh, obviously we mentioned economic challenges and divorce family.
1: inquiries, divorce in, <laughs>
4: yeah. yeah right. Last time, fifty percent increase in divorce inquiries. That was
3: after like three weeks.
4: <laughs> yeah,
3: and also
1: condom usage usage up, and, and which so, may contribute to or for or against the divorce. Who knows?
4: Could work both ways. And so and so there the, and that's the thing that I look at is that. Uh, the question I think is really hard is as a Christian what what is my reaction what is my role in knowing that that God has called me to love his people and God, and Jesus loved his people and loved them well and 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 I and one calls me to purposely in some ways ignore another group and how do I deal with that how do I reconcile that
2: Yeah I I have no idea yeah, <laughs> but but what what I do, um, I, I guess for me here here's the thing. Like I think you can be on both sides of the political spectrum as a Christian, and you can love your neighbor, and but but and that's what I'm. I, I guess that's what I'm an advocate for because I don't I don't have, again I I don't have those answers, and most of these things are over my pay grade. In like I I just I'm not an expert on the politics, on the economics, on the, you know, science, none of it. So I'm trying to stay in my lane as much as possible. And my, my lane is like what I was saying there and trying to teach what Paul was talking about, about, you know, praying for people, what's best that, you know, in his mindset and what he's teaching in Philippians, he says, you know, Christians are called to be like Jesus. And he laid down his privilege, his rights for the sake of others. And the, the model is always Jesus, like if, if we're following Jesus, like our model is like, and, and this is what I was saying in there, love always does what's best for the other. And and I think that's the difference. If we're advocating for our own rights and what we want, I don't think that's a very good approach for Christians. And I think that is definitely like, what I want isn't really the most important thing. What is best for others is the most important thing. Now let's start the debate there of what's best for others yeah. and how, you know, how we can discuss that and how we can come to what's best. And I think there's ways to do that, you know, that honor other people and that are looking for what's best. And there's an attitude that says, I demand what's my rights. Yeah. And I just don't think that's a Christian way to do it. It's, a, it's an American way to do it, but that's not a
4: Christian. Yeah, and and to be fair, like I'm not looking necessarily for you to try to solve the very specific problem that that is at hand, but like I was trying to think if there were moments in Scripture where Jesus was in, encountering these moments where he's like, I have to make a decision. If if I love this person in front of me, if I love you, Todd, I, I have to. I, I can't love. I can't love Zach. It will. It will impact Zach in a negative way.
2: Well, I, I think like I, I don't know if it's the. Like, but the, what comes to mind when you say that, like when Jesus says this woman caught in adultery and the guys, you know, the, the right thing to do, according to the law, is to stone her. And these people that have gathered her around and put them down, they are within their rights to do that. And they say, this is what you do. And that's, that's why they brought that up, because they're trying to trap him, because um, they thought he was a bleeding heart liberal. And they found out. Yeah, he was, but he didn't, he he tricked him (laughs) because he didn't do it. He did it in a way that said, okay, whichever you use without sin, cast the first stone. So Jesus always seemed to have a sneaky way out of it where he like put the people in their place that were asking that question. And I don't have any really snappy reply to put you in your place. I'm not (laughs) not trying to trap me. No, no, I'm not (laughs) trying to trap you at all. (laughs) And
4: and I I think that that's an interesting example, but in, in like in this example, like who's the second victim? we have one, but, but like in our current situation, that's the challenge is that there's like, there's two victims. And so in, if I was going to fix your example that you gave, I'd say there were, there was two women and Jesus said, well, I'm going to help her out. But this other one, uh, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know.
0: <laughs> I, so I, I have a couple, Oh, sorry. I, I had the the piece that you had forwarded by C.S. Lewis
1: yeah. Uh, let's hear from Scott. We haven't heard from Scott in a while. Let's hear from Scott. Okay.
0: Uh, <laughs> weather with Scott. Scott. That's
1: a good. That's a good close. That's a. I know what you're talking about, Jeff, and it's it's worthy of reading. I'm not dismissing you. You can censor me. It's like
3: Temporarily dismissing <laughs> me. I'm censored.
0: Like all the plagues from the 16th century. Now. Scott, I've had 60% of the... Go ahead. Can 61. I get more beer while Scott's talking? Please. Jeff? Please. Okay. I just, then um, I can enjoy Scott talking. I, I could use a catheter over here. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Part of the podcast has been brought to you by Depends Diapers. <laughs> when you've got a long podcast, you can count on Depends.
2: When you invite a guy over fifty to your podcast, <laughs> yeah. stop oh, a, it. You are
3: It's a picture of a dude with a with a like a diaper liner. A diaper liner. face as it. a it's... Uh, as a mask. On, <laughs> I mean. uh, anyway, oh, I was um, yeah It's. It's all, what it, no matter what decision is made, there's going to be elements that are the wrong decision. It's going to be wrong for some people, and that's, that's like you said. It's these are makes it very tough. Um, the hopefully what the decision for lockdown. It's easier to mitigate job losses to a certain extent than it is to. um treat people for the virus because going on a ventilator uh, I, think, I think the perc- going to die. percentages are very low um, once right. you go on the ventilator um, I don't know if there's a way to determine what the right like if you were to like look at okay, what's the moral ethical decision I don't know if there's a way to determine this is the godly moral ethical decision to make I, that'd be, I think, very difficult to come to a conclusion on. Um,
5: I think, is, I, yeah, is there, I mean, and maybe yeah. it is.
4: It, maybe it is if it, in those scenarios, because we we all, like you said, like we there is only one. We can only be in one place at one time, and we can only like our attention has to be drawn to to one people group. And so, well, in yeah. the absence of that, right? Like, maybe it is there there's can still be a response well but but the issue
2: and here's the thing it's it's not just a people group because the the issue is so in a pandemic and and I'll just speak what the what I know of it which isn't that much so I'm, but the the idea is to not overwhelm the system so that everybody gets it at once and that was what the rationale was behind you know keeping people at home so that it's it's not that People aren't going to get it. People are going to get it. We just don't want everybody to get it once, and then the whole system overwhelms and the whole society breaks down. Is that the is the threat of that worse than the threat of economic problems? Right. And the the uh, I guess the decision was made that we think the threat of the whole society, especially because it was so unknown in the beginning, what this is, it's a new thing we haven't seen before. But but all the experts in that area are saying, yeah, this is the way you stop this kind of a pandemic now looking at it now, there's a lot more data and there's a lot more questions. Mm -hmm. And I think people are kind of like, that's partly why this discussion even is happening because even the people that were economically very conservative in the beginning, were going, yeah, I don't want to do this, but I guess this is just what you have to do. So now it's easier to look back in hindsight and go, well, see, we shouldn't, you know, but, (laughs) but at the same time, it's like hindsight, it always is right. And I was 2020, 40, 20,
3: right. I was for the lockdown, but now I, it seems like they, they had time to do things differently than a full lockdown and, and come up with a plan for, um, somehow insulating, I don't like the word isolation, but insulating the at risk fol- folks, uh, from exposure. What's difficult about that though, is people have to take care of them, so what about those people's lot what do they do they're gonna they're gonna go out and intermingle and go to the store and go to parties and do all that stuff and then they're gonna go take care so that that yeah. that might not work like that but there's there's gotta somehow it's gotta be a way to balance out opening the economy and trying to insulate people yeah with,
4: you know, and my and, and i guess again my question is not i'm not trying to get anyone at this table to solve this particular problem thank god because we don't <laughs> have the brain power at this table but it, <laughs> wait a <laughs> how minute dare I'm, <laughs> for myself.
1: no how dare you uh
4: but it is more of like what is our attitude and response as christians knowing that that there are that that, that, that we we have mo- these two different groups that kind of have a tough time coexisting and being loved equally at the same time.
3: Well, and either any, any one of us or any one of our family mem- members can end up being in one of those groups at a time and then another group at another time, or they can end up being in both groups at the same time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a weird dynamic.
1: All right. Well, I want to let anybody go to the bathroom right now that needs to go to the bathroom and I'm going to tease it with a question like that, that has to do that. We can all answer. Are I will make a statement which is partisanship is a disease. Are you generally positive on that statement, generally agree, or generally disagree? Or,
3: yeah, like positively have the
4: disease? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, have you tested positive for partisanship? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I've got a Q-tip. got to jam it down your nose.
2: <laughs> Just lean
4: back and relax. <laughs>
3: Speaking of testing, I, so I sent that article, I don't know if you guys read it, about the... Nation in Africa, I forget what, which nation it was, but they, they, uh, the WHO, the the World Health Organization, sent tests, and the leaders said said that he felt suspicious of the of the WHO, so the, he said they sent test samples where they swab papaya, a goat, uh, and something some other things, but not humans, and this test came back positive. And then he kicked the who out of out of his country, uh, that was Tanzania.
4: Z- yeah, President of Tanzania.
3: zero. <laughs> so I think Cohen, dogs can H. have
4: COVID. I think that I think that was proven, uh, but I don't know That's about papayas.
3: <laughs> Do they have lungs? <laughs> dogs can have COVID. I want a double blind. Uh, Probably helps
4: dogs. Placebo
1: <laughs> study on papayas. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and so, it, well, the thing with animals is wh- whether or not they can get it, but they can definitely carry it on their hair. Yes that's yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, I've been um, trying not to spit on any animals that I, <laughs> I come across. <laughs>
4: <laughs> my dog slept in my bed last night. Oh, I'm going down. <laughs> Which means you well, all are. Um, okay. You're all. You're all. You're all done. Let
0: mm, me uh, rephrase so that. <laughs> put some time in between there. So go ahead, throw it. Throw it at I, all, it, all of us. I did. Partisi- well, partisanship go go is ask a, a disease.
1: Partisanship is a disease. This is an opinion of mine. Um, are you? Uh, do you test positive for that or negative? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, Thank you, Scott.
3: Very briefly, <laughs> and, and we'll, yeah. we can talk about it a little bit. F- partisanship, if you, if good or bad, if it's based upon for you, oh for oh, we're talking about me, yes. What's my opinion? Do you have like a, uh, a no. negative vibe like, or a do you positive you have vibe? The
2: disease. Do you have the, the disease, disease of, partisanship. of partisanship? I, I,
3: I don't think so, but I probably do. To, to some uh, degree. I would just Zach, think, uh,
4: what are the symptoms? <laughs> <laughs> How do we know we have it? Assholery. <laughs> I would just like to
0: point <laughs> I would just like to point out, Scott, in order to answer, Todd did straighten you out and you answered immediately. <laughs> so once again Oh, just now? Yeah. Wow. Scott couldn't answer. Todd said. so smooth. Todd would clarified it. What did Todd say? Uh, I don't know. It, I see kinda, he, he, I, I got I, your back. Yes. Yeah. I want to clarify because I'm the clarifier There's Okay So no, is but that a yes or the no? concept
3: a good vibe,
1: bad vibe, Is partisanship A good thing for humanity or not? Is it oh, more I good it for than us. bad? It is for us I'm not saying are you a partisan, <laughs> is saying, you a partisan? <laughs> What is your personal <laughs> preference of part? This is supposed to be a simple <laughs> question
2: I believe that I'm supposed
1: <laughs> to be the clarifier Jeff So you don't think you are That wasn't my question How do you feel about it? About partisanship? Is it more good I, or more bad? I don't know. Just so know everybody the, knows, I really don't the know the efficient
3: part of the podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: Is, we'll edit that out. <laughs> generally bad. Okay. Thank you. And uh, let's let's get to everyone before Todd. Jeff? No, I
0: don't believe I'm partisan. That's not That's what not I asked. not the question, Jeff. I make it my own question. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So Jeff thinks it's good. Yeah, partisanship in general is is good bad (laughs) all right andy what do you think
4: uh anyone who is partisan won't they won't say it i
1: think jeff just proved it
4: yeah (laughs) yeah they're not gonna say it um so but everyone will publicly say yes it's the wrong thing we we don't want partisanship we want to reach across the aisle and work work together with our brother who disagrees with us but in reality um it probably doesn't flesh out that way
2: yeah, and, and this is the question that I have about that. Well, uh, that's a whole other question, but I'll, I'll just first answer You can I, ask another
4: question. Yeah. I, I will. But I, How I, come I, he
3: gets that, to ask another question? It's a Jesus
4: I, thing. That's yeah. what this podcast guest. does. We ask questions and we ask other questions. <laughs> 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 uh,
2: I, uh, I don't, you know, like I said, I don't usually have a dog in any fight and I don't pick one side or the other. I love, I actually think it's helpful to have people that are very clear and black and white. Because they represent a perspective very well, because it's consistent, and that's one of the things I have a hard time doing sometimes is is having a, the consistency of a perspective. Because I see everything in color and in multitudes of, you know, it, I'm not saying gray because I think that's a boring color, but although it's what I'm wearing and what wear most of the time, yeah. separate
3: um, the sheep from the goats. <laughs> but I, I, I do think the black and white thing. I,
2: I you know, I've just never. I think it's one of the things that keeps me up at night and makes my brain never stop is I don't tend to, to see things very black and white. And so I, I, I like multiple perspectives, but I, I acknowledge that I have a perspective and there's no way to get outside of my perspective and be completely neutral. And so if I think I am, I'm fooling myself because I always have a perspective, even if it's not fitting into neatly into the party line of one party or one black and white
4: idea. Do you group. feel like you're someone who tries to actively uh disconfirm their beliefs?
2: Uh I mean, I have a history of overturning previous beliefs and believing new things all the time. Like it's my my faith is always evolving. And so, yeah, I mean, I think in that sense, but I don't I don't necessarily seek out actively overturning it as much as just trying to take in new information and make it fit with what the model that I carry around in my brain. That's pretty good.
1: I like that answer a lot. Um, Yeah. What I'm I I agree Andy with kind of what you said and Todd, I I identify with that. It's almost, um, it almost feels like a humble brag. Like when you feel like you see and are open to multiple angles and that can, I don't know if you feel this way, Todd, but for me, it feels a little torturous.
2: Like, oh, it's the worst.
1: Because when you see somebody that's making a good point from, let's say, a total idiot, right?
2: (laughs) I mean, I'm not because you're pointing at Scott. But like, let's say a total idiot makes a good point and you're like, yes, but he's an idiot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or Or you witness on Facebook people going back and forth where there's definite lines in the sand being drawn. And you can kind of see how there's some of it is right on this side, some of it's right on the other side, and you just you just want to you want to bridge that gap somehow, but it's impossible. Well, also. all the
4: greatest discourse of the 21st century has occurred on social media, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely, yeah,
1: yeah. But the reason I ask about, or I think, and I'm personally been thinking a lot about partisanship as a disease is that it's the reason that you get a new guy in office as president and this goes back multiple presidencies so pick pick anyone and so they take over whatever wars are going on i'm just thinking body count as it relates to things the people will back up their president regardless of how the previous president ran those and took over those wars or um those wars were already going on and so the, it perpetuates um an evil that i think is is war um and this is just one example uh, there there's many but f- uh being more specific and i don't want to go into the details of any any single plan but i've heard people talk about obama in hindsight like yeah i i trusted him but it turns out he had this, this drone program that he escalated. He took over from Bush and escalated it, and Bush had it too. And he had a kill list, and some of those people were American citizens. And the left at the time just goes with it and doesn't question it. And the right, because they were just coming off of Bush doing it, didn't really question it either. And so it, there's no accountability of, like, we need to call out bullshit when we see bullshit, no matter which party it it lies in, and I think partisanship and tribalism prevents that from happening. Um, and you kind of address, well, you did address it, Todd, in your latest episode, and and we're looking forward to part two of that. Um, but or or the impeachment stuff, Kavanaugh, or no impeachment? So, so this Kavanaugh, is where the part, So
0: this is where the partisan question.
1: Yeah, it's not is, about holding birthed. convictions, certain convictions, right? But if Trump should be impeached for certain reasons. There's no way it should be 100% for and 100% against. Because if if the party was flipped on the presidency, it would be the exact same in reverse. And so that that means somebody's lying. Like, it doesn't make sense. It's
2: it's a cancer in our country. Like, when you talk about it being a disease, that part of our political system, it's just broken. Because no matter what Trump says, his supporters are going to love him, and the other side's going to hate him and that's just the way it is and no matter what obama did oh my gosh he was the antichrist or he was the savior of the world like it just it doesn't matter it's all that right down party lines and yeah, that, I don't know how to get past that. And that's why I keep voting for these third party candidates that never win. So I don't know.
4: Well, it's interesting because you did touch a little bit on the podcast around kind of the, just the concept of concept bias or uh, sorry, uh, uh, confirmation bias, right? Which is uh, we get, we get an idea in our head and, um, and we will seek, we will consciously or unconsciously seek out the information that will support our idea or our position. And, and I think today that is Easier than ever, and that's probably 90% of of Facebook discourse is, oh yeah, here's a link that says what I believe. Oh yeah, here's a link that says what I believe, and here's stats that say what I believe. And and I and I kind of wonder if uh, if social media or if the internet in general has perpetuated that uh, that feeling or that that um, that way of thinking in people more than it ever has in the history of the world because we have information. Uh, like, we could feed that beast, so to speak. Oh,
2: all day long. And you you don't know who to trust. Or, I mean, it, what it leads to, at least for me, is just this exhaustion of, like, I don't even know. I don't, I don't know what facts to, you know, oh, it's just the facts. Let's just look at the science. Like, Everybody has the facts. Everybody's got facts Let's look science. at the science.
4: Brought to like, you by... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Some it, guy. There's,
2: there's no <laughs> objective reality at this point. And, and that's where, you know... For a long time, I've kind of said this thing of like objective truth. People say, well, is there real objective truth? And I'm like, yes, there's objective truth, but only God knows it objectively. The rest of us all see it from a perspective and we know it subjectively. So we see in a glass darkly, we see in a mirror, you know, it's like we, we only know in part. And so all of us have a perspective. We only can see through our own eyes. And it's part of why we need each other. And we need to have conversations with people that are different than us and that's what the parties could be if we just like, you know, used conversation with people that are different from us to to stimulate our thinking and be open, but it, it just becomes lobbing grenades across the yeah. aisle. <laughs>
1: There's that, a wi- I- I- There's a wisdom <laughs> to um if conservatism in its at its best is maintaining things that work and I think progressivism or these th- the terms whatever
2: those are those are good
1: terms. W- yeah in general progressivism uh, at its best will seek to uh knock down those barrier those barriers that conservatism builds up when appropriate and so the re- i touching on what you were saying i i do think that left needs right w- we can forge each other better when you honestly Take in new different ideas from you and test them maybe this person has something to offer because th- they see from a certain perspective that maybe I don't have and this goes in multiple directions all the time at once um, and I, I think I think conservatism needs progressivism and somewhere that will help forge a path that will lead to uh, the kingdom. God's well, kingdom
2: come and will be done. Yeah, and as, as <laughs> I, I think you're you're onto something there, but as as Zach, people thank you. actually listen to each other like that? That that can happen. But when you're not able to listen to each other because you have a party like commitments because you have a bunch of other people that are saying, "No, you need to hold the party Your line. principles are subservient to political power. Yeah. Tweet that. Or to economic power of like you said who's sponsoring this fact. <laughs> 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 Speaking of which This is be- brought
1: to you by uh, Bell's Beer Bell's Brewery Too hard to know
4: Today's science facts Brought to you by Mattress bar, or Your mattress is free
0: Alright I've cut Jeff off Multiple times And I, and I totally forgot What a profound thing I was going to say But regarding The partisan And uh, Politics And Your beliefs Yeah uh, We're stuck I mean as Todd said It's It's a cancerous um, System and it just eating itself from the inside. Um, it's hard because you know money rules a lot of what is done and who gets into what position. And it, hey, if, you're, if you want this position, um, they'll back you with this amount of money as long as you will push this through. Um, and uh, we've already got a few other people on board, so you could do a little work and then you're good to go. It's stuff like the backroom deals where you might think I don't really believe in that, and and so you all of a sudden you had all great intentions of being an idealist in politics, um, or in anything for that matter, where you you get a little bit um, broken or you let yourself down, and and that's a terrible position to be in in politics is just brutal um you know we're mentioning like to be governor newsom like i don't want to be governor newsom It's it's an impossible situation because we have person a and person b and because it's a a, there's a eating it's it's eating itself from the inside in politics it's very it's got to be so challenging in the decisions you make and it's like what decision are you going to make governor newsom and i'm like this guy is the antichrist <laughs> and 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 i'm a public school teacher and we're all getting paid and i'm still like this this is horrible i got people in my neighborhood losing jobs and losing their businesses uh 2 weeks in and it's there's never ending you know future in this and that's just terrible. So all that to say is it's a horrible position, you know, partisan or not. It's like oh, Democrats are going to back Newsom. It's like ultimately everybody wants people in their neighborhood to be doing well, whether they're Democrat or Republican. They want people to be doing well. And, you know, I know at the end we'll, I'll read, you know, something from C.S. Lewis, which I really think sums up this this whole conversation of just. You know, what would Jesus, um, what would Jesus do? And and what would, if Jesus showed up, what
2: would he want yeah, that sounds, to see? That's good. We should make a bracelet. We should shorten <laughs> it because it might be too long to go all the way around your wrist. So just yes. W. People's wrists are w- smaller D-D these days.
0: They one. are. Just like, <laughs>
4: wrists are shrinking. I don't have time to read that whole thing. Just give me the letters. No, it's the last part. I'll take mm-hmm. an acronym. It's <laughs> the
0: entire book. <laughs>
2: All right. Well, how are you
1: doing? How are you doing on time, Todd? Do you have a few more minutes?
2: I I, I don't know what time it is, so don't <laughs> oh, well, don't tell I'm him. I'm not going to tell don't
3: him. Don't tell him. Some say it's 8:20. So I got a couple. I got a couple of topics, but they might they might go. They might go deep. Topics? Pick one. Hey, Man. Scott, we can a, make this a, a six one. part Man. series with Todd. So, so do we want to stick on the partisan? Part?
0: I don't. I don't care
2: about that. Or do I don't we care about wanna
3: stick. Go with. Uh, uh, something else more theological well I guess
1: a lot theological just, just
2: bring it come on let's go you Anything. got me here <laughs>
1: ask the questions oh, you've been wanting to ask we got Todd till hey, 10 hey Todd thanks for breaking your Sabbath yeah, your Todd. personal Sabbath hey yeah. yeah. you know what
4: I break the laws all the time <laughs> 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 they were made for man
3: oh man I'm torn um, okay let's just go with this one I think it'll be fairly simple um well depending on what these guys do
0: well, wait you're not gonna accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior right now are you <laughs> Hi, this is
2: Brandon Andrus, and you're listening to Bros, Bible, and Beers. Thanks, Brandon.
4: That is not what you labeled it. You called that the theological scooter train. I was teeing you up. All right.
3: Go. So, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, maybe it was on the uh, Tahoe trip, but we had a discussion, and it was about faith. And you guys, you remember this? You guys, you see this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see this, guys? Why do I feel like Scott's laying a trap? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But basically, it was. I I'm not sure how the conversation started, but it was people talking. The requirement of <laughs> I was
5: involved. <laughs> All right, Scott, go.
3: Um, Ignore us. The, the if faith is a requirement, does that eliminate the Does that eliminate the definition of grace as unmerited favor? Does that sound right?
1: Oh, I, I, you're reacting to something you and I were arguing over, clearly, I think. Well,
3: no, I, well Andy was involved. Yeah. And, you might have been driving. No, you were in the passenger seat.
4: I don't remember what I had for lunch last week. Uh refresh my memory a little bit more. I'd actually like to know what Todd thinks about your statement.
2: <laughs> well, wait, wait, when you say faith is a requirement, a requirement for what? For, well, salvation and, and forgiveness. Who, who would be requiring that? God. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so in the context of like God expecting you to trust him right right okay. right and so go ahead with the well, i like
1: how you say this is relatively simple but you're unearthing what it, it's a what yes is or no salvation. question
5: <laughs> it's a yes or no
2: it's, a, it's a, kind of just a sola fide sola uh, anytime anybody, in, uh, anybody says sola i check out
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> um
1: one well, well this is related to us arguing about um if if uh If you are required for something, it ceases to become a gift, grace, or yeah, or yeah, grace. Grace defined as unmerited favor that you don't. That grace is not yours unless you Hmm. ask. Unless,
5: yeah. So maybe that's why I think I
2: kind of struggled with your word "required" because I just don't know that faith is a requirement as much as it's a it's a responsive. It's like if if you tell me that you are giving me a gift, and I believe you, and I receive that gift, then I I believe you, and so I get to have the gift. If I don't believe you, I won't take the gift. So so I think I don't know if it's a requirement. You're not saying I'm giving you a free gift, but you better believe that I'm giving you a free (laughs) gift. (laughs) Just receive the gift.
5: Right.
3: Well, but I I think you make a good point there. And it, well, maybe it raises the question. Oh, he's trapping me! I see it now. <laughs> Did you grab a hold of that fruit? Um, that y- you don't receive the gift unless you believe it, or I mean, so I, I'm. I mean, to some degree, you could you could right. force it
2: on me and leave it at my right. house. Take and it, like- Todd. You know, I'm so glad I guess the podcast that I like. I might like, <laughs> right sneaky. <laughs> if grab you don't it and take... not tell you that I received
1: it, right, right. So yeah, if you don't take this gift inside of your house, it will explode
3: and annihilate you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think that's a pretty right. good metaphor. Right? I but, but, will. But take does the gift.
3: so whether whether you want to yeah, so if if required is the the hanging word there or the
0: thing. uh if, the thing. You, if, you, if Would you, you say that to me? You wouldn't say that to me. You're saying it to Todd. You wouldn't... If it's the thing, like, you would press here. Well, I'm, I'm trying to... It, yeah, go I ahead. I got a, Thanks, New York, we, Jeff. Like
3: Zach said, I'm, I'm trying to trap Zach, not Todd.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to get Todd...
3: You're trying to get Todd
1: to trap me. Yes, uh, exactly. Oh, and to get oh, me to repent. Yes. Oh, wow. I
2: could really use a drink. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right, so... For, so forgiveness, salvation, um, entering, um, seeing life, entering the kingdom—the element of faith in that process—does that eliminate that it's grace? Yeah,
2: I, I don't. I don't want to step into in the middle of a conversation. No, That's a different need, conversation. No, you but you t- I'm not going to fight I tonight. Don't, I don't. I don't make that. <laughs> as a distinction because i see faith as trusting the person F- faith is personal it's not a it's not a thing and that's where i i don't feel like it's a requirement like it's not a it's not like if you have faith if you do this thing like faith is like i i trust the person that's giving me this gift and so i gratefully receive it so so yeah, so I, I think hmm. maybe I'm not understanding the question fully, at least in the way that I, my mind conceives of the transaction you're talking about, that somebody offers me a gift and I trust that person and receive that gift. And I don't think that discounts, I don't, I don't think that discounts either the act of the free grace in giving me the gift or the act of the free receiving of it by faith or by trusting in the person that gave it to me to receive it. So if on the other hand faith is a transaction by which I believe the right things and then flip a switch that somehow causes me to get something that I wouldn't otherwise have like it's just a taken out of a relational context and put into a context of what is what is the way that I get this thing that I want? Yeah, that that well, messes you, it all yeah,
3: up. Yeah, obviously, I'm not I'm not talking about that. I'm trying to keep yeah. it at the the biblical language level of like John three fifteen and sixteen, where it, it's those who believe have eternal life. Like that that context. So, is that does that make it? Does that well, yeah, like grace? John John
2: yeah. 15, three fifteen is all about that. Like just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, right? Um, right. you know, so the son of man must be lifted up that anybody that looks to him would be saved. And so for God, so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. It's the weirdest statement in the, in the new Testament. I think it's just like, Oh yeah. Just like Moses stuck a bronze snake on a pole and held it up so that people could look at that and that would save them from their snake bites? Yeah, plus R. It's actually applicable to this whole coronavirus thing. Maybe we it, just need to put a coronavirus plus... on a pole and stick it up and everybody that looks to it will get better. It's that's the answer. Todd, I don't know if you know how viruses work, but
3: they're like really small.
2: I know. Well, we'll have to just make a big model <laughs> yeah. of it. But But it's a weird thing to look at the very thing that's killing you and see it by faith and somehow get better because of it. and But that's how God uses this idea of looking at Jesus dying and the very thing that's killing us, um, the government, by the way, in his case.
3: Gavin Newsom.
2: Well, <laughs> or Pontius Pilate or Caesar
4: Augustus or whatever Uh, same same empire same as the old boss that's all that's how you pronounced it back then (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh,
2: but but you know yes religion and politics conspired to kill jesus together but um he Mm -hmm. to look to him and trust in him and be saved from death that's it's just a weird thing but somehow in trusting god for that That's that's what I think the point of that is. Is like it's an act of trust to go. This doesn't make any sense, but I trust. I just trust you, and so somehow, somehow we're saved by that. I don't. Yeah, I don't understand it. But
3: great non-answer, Todd. Thank you. Yeah,
2: (laughs) it was great, and it's
1: it's one of the beautiful things that it's an honesty that most people should have. I think we know we know in the literal definition of the word to know, we know a lot less than we think that we do. So I just appreciate the the I don't knows that come out even in the midst of your opinions, Todd.
0: Well, I did like your the absolute truth comment that you had in your podcast. You said there's absolute truth, but we don't know it absolutely. We don't know we absolutely. You're yeah, right. And and that's absolutely true. But how do you? Are you sure? Know?
4: <laughs> 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 that's, that's unknowable. Sorry. Uh, yeah. yeah. No.
2: I started. I started writing this book after certainty, and I started out saying, "I think I've been out after certainty all my life." But I Can't be sure. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, how's that going? Is that still going? Nope. I just, you know, got halfway finished, like most things in my life. <laughs> this was <is> a few <laughs> years ago. Oh, about ten or twelve or more. And yeah, then Pete Ends comes
1: out with the sin of certainty. Uh, I know. That's your wheelhouse. Well,
2: he was in my he was in my book back then because he had just gotten fired from Westminster, the seminary that I was going to, and had, um, you know, he got fired from the. Philadelphia campus for some of his beliefs that were not way out there, but they just didn't fit within the context of the Westminster Confession. And so because of their particular certainty, certainty, he Mm. had to go. And that was part of what led to my, the undoing of my, uh, you know, certainty. So it was, it was a helpful, yeah, it was, it was great. And I love, I've watched Pete, continue after that and and benefited from things he's written so yeah it's interesting
0: it being certain in today's world is not good i mean if you're like i'm certain of this you tell in but if you tell somebody if it's you're if you're holding on it to yourself it's fine if you then share it publicly like, let's say facebook oh just wait for the barrage of you
1: are speaking from experience i am
0: i am i I did not think that you know my yes this is you know just connect with people you know and just i you get crushed in your certainty that things will work out well
2: yeah well and 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 the thing that we're i think is is helpful to realize is not only do other people see things differently than you But you see things differently than you did ten years ago.
0: No, I don't. No, I'm joking. (laughs) People that are
2: that think see things differently than they do ten years ago.
1: (laughs) Suck it, Jeff.
2: Uh, Touche. Uh, Touche. (laughs) But but I mean, if you're if you're paying attention to your own, like I don't know, mindset. Like we 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 grow, and that's just part of growth. And we don't have to be afraid of growth, but you know if you ever just think you've arrived and you know everything like it's not a good
4: sign but thank no. good like thank goodness right like yeah. if i thought the same things i thought when i was 25 yes
2: it's good it's my, really good my family
4: he- would be on the street <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it would
1: not be a good but situation but that's the thing is what jeff joked about is it's actual cognitive bias that i don't remember the specific name of It's where when you change, your brain protects you from remembering that you believe something that was different
0: in the past. Yeah, you block (laughs) cognitive dissonance. I never believed that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> exactly. So who is Scott's children? <laughs> I don't even know anymore.
0: <laughs> everyone. Not Scott, every, not everyone. Everyone. I'm just, all right.
2: I'm certain about that. If you're just tuning in, we're 30% into the well, most non-efficient and, and podcast. And again, let me just speak to that question because it's, it's an interesting example of exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> everything has context. And that question has context. When you say, who is, who are God's
4: children? Uh, Mm -hmm. It's who is God's children? Continue, Todd. It's it's a little weird, but I was just correcting the grammar at the same time as I was asking the question. Sorry. It's my grammar Nazi mother coming back to me. Um, But,
2: but you know, when we, when we ask a question like that, you're asking it from a context. And if we're asking in the context of who as human beings created in the image of God, you know, and all of us as humans are that. And so in that sense, God's children, but in another sense, not like Jesus said to the Pharisees, you know, he called them sons of the devil. He goes, we're our fathers, Abraham. He's like, yeah, well, your father. And he starts getting this whole thing about the, you know, the sons of the devil kind of thing, because it just depends on the conversation. In one conversation, are all people like, created in the image of God. And, you know, and that image of God language is the same language used as Adam had a son in his own image. Like we passed down our DNA and we're all created in the image of God. So in one sense, yes. In another sense, no. In another sense, we are adopted into the family of God. So you've got to start out not being, and then you are adopted in. So, but it depends which question you're asking, which conversation. But a lot of times we just don't pay attention to the context. And I love what Brick even said at church this Sunday. He said, you know, context is really important. The sentence, let's eat grandma, like with a comma <laughs> after eat, you know, is a really <laughs> great thing for Mother's Day. But let's eat grandma, it's a whole other sentence. It's just missing one comma, but context matters.
3: Yeah. yeah. In the context of Zach and I going back and forth, it's the the latter, the the uh, uh whether everyone is a God's child, children, a child of, is, is God's children in a salvific sense. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, I uh, got more. If, if we got time, No, we don't. I'm going We're gonna start to land this plane, man. Scott.
2: And don't I, land
0: the plane. Man. I appreciate you. God. We, we could no, do.
2: A- we could do another episode. It could happen. We could. We could do an after party episode right here with the uh, theological man. episode. We could <sighs> split
0: it in two. Oh, man. Here. Fun time and Scott's time. Man. <laughs>
2: That might require another mind. bathroom break just, or more
0: libations then, or both.
3: And then, and then if, and then if we want to cut it, cut it out. It's, it's, a separate section. You can cut no, it out. don't
4: give me homework, Scott. Look, Todd is completely comfortable with a part one and a part two. He's demonstrated that today with his podcast well, that he how released. What about
1: just one, ep- one episode? It doesn't matter if it's long. <laughs> Why does
3: Zach want four-hour episodes? That's what I want to know. Well, let can't. me, let me give. I'll give the topic. And then no, and, you okay? Do it. No, given the topic. Again? We're voting.
0: Oh, you're outvoted. Go, Scott. We we
3: we could yeah. We could not do it. I'm just. It's interesting. Well, what is it? Oh, you're using Zach's words. That's good to kind of affirm yeah. him. Go ahead, <laughs> um, Zach. Thank you. So remember, <laughs> it was it was a couple months ago. Oh, it, I like the couple it, months. It, it might have been in December, so that's like five months ago, six months ago. But uh, George Zimmerman uh, sued um, the parents of. Um, Trayvon Martin
2: and Wait, the prosecutor. We're gonna
3: weigh in on this.
2: I so regret this well, whole conversation. Are you serious? Wow. May, okay. Maybe we needed to end the episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we're. Somebody so I get think, hurt. I'm not think, saying we're gonna edit this out. I think out. you would. It's give been
3: me, cut. I think you would give me a little more credit we'll than it brings something up out of the blue from six months ago. Oh, because okay. it's,
0: it's tied into this. <laughs> well, it's part. It's tied into partisanship. Okay. Okay. Um, no, I. Now I'm with you. Um, Zach's not, but go ahead.
3: But, but I think... I mean, we, And we could not do it. I mean... No, go. It's, it's I'm fine. I'm telling you to go. It's fine. Don't I even ignore it. I don't know why you'd be so upset
2: about it, but... I want you to know that I'm not upset. I'm not upset.
0: The people wearing I'm red not upset. over here... I'm falling
2: asleep. Yeah, I'm oh, not upset, yeah. but
1: Jeff and Scott... We could have heard the question we, by we, now.
3: We don't. We don't. Let's not do it. No, he wouldn't have.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. He Zach? would still be going. Zach. He just dismissed himself. So that's it. We're done. Yeah,
1: we, we could, no. We I'm just we saying. I want to put a. But I want to. I want an ending point on this. It is 8:40. <laughs> this is my house, and I want oh. a point where I kick you guys out.
0: Oh man. He's
3: hoping. Zach. Thank you.
0: To yeah.
4: get lucky. <laughs> when
0: this hope, is all over. Hope, do you want to read the quote that okay, I put up hoping there? I, I, I do.
4: Steal my thunder. Go for it. Oh. Oh, I mean, who posted it? But it's cool, Brisbane. Not even you, man. You wouldn't have known. Who is he, though? Who is God's children? <laughs> <laughs> Dave Brisbane is.
0: Okay, so we had all this. We had all this talk on. Like what? Wait, would now you... I know what Scott
1: was gonna. I want to know what Scott was gonna ask. <laughs> You, you, all of a sudden, you took it away from me, and now I want it.
2: <laughs>
4: uh, wow. God I two, believe that. Two touche's in one night. Uh, well, my beer glass is getting low. I'll be back.
0: <laughs> okay. So, to sum up, really a lot of what uh, we talked about tonight, and this may or may not be the end of the podcast on this three-parter, uh, which is seven hours long. Uh, this... So, um, he has... This podcast this brought to you name? by
2: Martin Scorsese. <laughs> 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 this is
0: way too long. Uh, Andy, he's forwarded us this comment and then a C.S. Lewis quote. and well, It was not a quote, but it's from On Living in an Atomic Age. it's from 1948. And I think it was good commentary. And it really f- focuses on not only the Atomic Age then but every age after in fear and just to preface this, the um, person who posted, they said, you know, there's two atomic bombs that detonated over Japan in 1945. And then to fast forward um, kind of the CS Lewis, how are we to live in an atomic age? And I'm not going to read that entire part, but I will I, I read, We'll read the last paragraph as he sums it up. He said, you know, this is the first point to be made. And the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things, praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends. Hopefully
1: your own children.
0: Keep going chatting to our friends over a pint and a game of darts. Cheers. Cheers. Not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies. Funny, it says a microbe can do that in parentheses, but they need not dominate our minds. And when we ask the question, how should we be responding? loving people and playing with our families and friends and enjoying life and realizing the gift that God has given us in life. We need not worry, even though we do as humans, we need not worry about what I would call the trivial things that the world goes crazy over it's a very difficult thing to overcome but ultimately i think c.s lewis captures the thought of loving people and and living a life that we were given whether the atomic bomb drops tomorrow um, it doesn't matter make sure in those moments that you're living a life that is miraculous and um
1: it might be a life of that's the here's the narrow road this is so good jeff and c.s lewis thank you c.s lewis but uh thank you for reading that jeff your voice is incredible um and, and what you said is incredible but but <laughs> no, it, not but
0: not only that caveats <laughs> um we'll end the podcast 20 seconds ago <laughs> Go ahead. It's 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 just so good. I mean, it. It's I the mean, n- I lost I I lost my my train of thought. But ultimately, in every moment that we have, even right here, just take advantage. There it of is. it and don't find yourself
4: worrying. Well, yeah, you you skipped a section that I thought you were going to talk about in it, which is right before that part, in in that effectively, C.S. Lewis says, don't freak out because scientists added one more opportunity at death to an already long list (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you're gonna die and and that's the thing like yeah like uh what is it it's perfectly ridiculous to go about drawing long faces because scientists have added one more chance of death to a world which already bristled with such chances and in which death itself was not a chance at all but a certainty like it it's it's gonna happen. It's the only certainty. It is the only certainty. It, it's going to happen. It is an absolute truth that we can all know absolutely, right?
0: That in Texas. <laughs> oh, once again, I would like to quote Jack Nicholson in *The Party*: <laughs> "We're all gonna die. Act accordingly."
4: Yeah. At what? And that for him, that kind meant... of is the the, the gist <laughs> of what you just read. Just live. Yeah. Live and love. And so it is. In light of that, like. Uh, I I I read that thinking, um, should the the current events of today m- modify my actions, reactions, and and like my m- the way that I encounter and, and engage in life that much differently because it, it is just one more checklist on the long list of things that may get you someday, you know, and so and and so. When that time comes, like, well, that's what I love about C.S. Lewis' response. When that time comes, let it find us doing these sensible human things. And, and those are all, like, versions of loving people. Praying, working, teaching, reading, listening. Like, loving people, loving the things that God has created and that he's put into this world. Like, I, that's a great response. Yeah.
0: I hope I don't, you know, the end doesn't come and I'm watching, like, the last episode of Handmaid's Tale. Oh, that would be such a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. My gosh. <laughs> I'm at the wow. Pearly Gates and like well Jeff looks like you are What did you do with your last 48 hours on earth? <laughs> uh, oh, oh, I was uh, watched. Let's, let's see season 4 uh, <laughs> Oh my God! Did gosh. you live your life like this on When the, the end time.
1: comes? Oh that's a fascinating conversation of uh, evangelical youth uh, oh. growing up in the in rapture culture of like oh my god it's going to happen anytime I just want to have sex once. That's, I, that's <laughs> why I got married when I was nineteen. By the
2: way, I wanted to make sure I could have sex legally. Yeah, while it was still be yeah.
0: Legally. <laughs>
2: that's another really uh, conversation.
0: The truth shall set you free. Yeah, you're not alone in that. That's a that's a thing. Uh, oh, is it? Yeah, that's a thing. And should we have another episode right now about that? Because in the future, it may be re- vividence for us.
5: <laughs> <laughs> One of my
1: shining moments. You will not okay. hear content like that on the
0: Todd Rod God Pod. I guarantee it. Nope. The, God, the, the, the Todd Do Rod God Pod would have been over three hours ago. Oh, yeah. Well, they would have had part... This is part four.
2: There's
4: probably less beer in that podcast. A little there, less there's, beer?
2: There's less beer. Yeah. There's no beer. It's in the middle of the day. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's a different, different deal. I mean, it wasn't... No beer MP- less wasn't, beer. It wasn't
0: NPR, but... I'm like, it was really close. Well, this is really good. This is so good.
4: This is way better than ours. Especially when you're going to listen to the All back. right. What are we consuming this week? Yes, let's oh consume. Oh, my God. Is that, that where we've come to? Yeah, I yeah. think so.
1: I think so. And then we're going to... Scott's going to tease us with what he was going to bring up.
4: I like it. Okay, uh, and then maybe we'll talk about Zach. It. What are you consuming this week?
1: Well, I've been I have been consuming this book. I brought it so I could remember the subtitle. I actually, texted Todd before I invited him on. Oh, my favorite! I, I sent him a picture. I'm like, because I was reading it and Is that it was pumping me Capone. up. I was like, my mind was getting blown, and I texted Todd, I'm like, have you read this? And in my head, I'm thinking, of course, he he's read this, of course. And then you said, Yeah, I've read everything he has. What's and that's the book? one of my favorite books. Wait for it. Spoiler alert. I have been waiting for it. The book is Kingdom, Grace, Judgment, Paradox, Outrage, and Vindication in the Parables of Jesus by Robert Farrar Capone. And that's
2: it's, uh, it's a, it's like it's way better than the title makes it sound.
1: Yeah, it it is like um he has three different books on the parables, the, uh, in that one book, in that one book. Yes. This is the, the compilation where it's the kingdom parables, the judgment parable parables, and the, um, what was the other one? You stole the book. That's Jeff fine. is
4: looking at the book right now like it's the first time that he's seen oh, a book. Yeah, Kingdom like, Gra- how do these things work? <laughs>
5: There's
1: yeah, no a, pictures. I'm a teacher. I don't Wait, look at books. Kingdom Grace, the Kingdom Parables, the Grace Parables, and the Judgment Parables. And those are three separate books you can get, or you can get the one volume edition, which I, I definitely recommend. And um, honestly, it...
0: Wait, was this our sponsor tonight? Yeah, because you're talking puppy. about it like he's it was a sponsor. <laughs> he's dead. Anyways, I. I, no, I mean it, the
4: publisher. Yeah, you didn't get much.
1: <laughs> if you want to dive into the That's parables, dark. some of those parables have a few words, but you'll never know how much uh, impact they can have and how deep those parables go unless you read a book like this. So I, I heavily recommend it. I'm not into it a whole lot. Well, I mean, the, I,
2: the book will subvert your understanding of all the parables, and I still don't know that I even understand, let alone agree with all of it, because it's just amazing, right. mind-blowing stuff. But, but if also you're, very hilarious. Yeah, he's the funniest theology writer I've ever. Yeah, read. wow,
1: it's pretty funny. He's, really, he's
2: just so funny. Uh, yeah, I. I can't and you're even not like, it. when like, you first not
4: like ha ha funny. Well, like,
2: I laugh out loud funny. Really? Like I, well, oh, I'm a wow. theology guy, so I don't know. <laughs> you might have to read a lot of theology and be really bored by most of it. And then you just, yeah, comparatively... Like, this so is,
0: relatively funny to all the other theologians? Pretty much, so, yeah. probably. Okay.
5: Universalism!
0: So this is based off the parables from the Bible? It's a commentary
1: on... All the parables. Oh, oh I got to read the
0: Bible first, and then I'll get yes, to that. Yes, it would help. Read the Bible first.
4: <laughs> be, at least be familiar.
1: Good news, the parables are shorter than the book. I heard two Corinthians is fantastic. It is fantastic. <laughs>
4: Both of them. What are you uh, consuming, Jeffrey?
0: Very bad stuff. Oh, no more
4: handmaid's, <laughs> handmaid's Tale? Um, what, what non-Handmaid's Tale thing are you consuming this week?
0: <laughs> okay, the Handmaid's Tale is over. Uh, thank God. Literally thank God. Waco, I hear that's going around. I repent. No, I'm not reading anything. Um This isn't about reading, it's about everything. Everything consuming. I'm cons- so I st- I'll tell you what I s- did stop. I stopped so you stopped Facebook. consuming. I stopped Instagram. I oh, stopped good Twitter. for you. Everyone should. Welcome I'm, back, buddy. It was a little too partisan. I'm like, okay, this is, re- this is repetitive. <laughs> I'm like, look at this. And then like the 17 people that like it, like it. And the four people that are like, S- you're an a-hole and this is bad for the people. I'm like, oh, forget this. This is not fun. Uh, so there's no conversation in it. Um, what I'm consuming is... Probably my family. My children. That's Just disgusting.
5: Whoa. That well, is disgusting. Let's eat grandma. Yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> let's
4: eat grandma.
3: You haven't heard about all the, all the plants shutting down? There's meat shortages. There's
4: meat shortages. <laughs> Let me be first to say, we all miss Caleb.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs>
4: the good news is, you have
0: so many kids. <laughs> yeah, you he's got fun, 17 si- he's
4: fun size. You've got 17 kids, so you guys can live so, forever. So the no, dog I, is no, last?
0: No, so what I will say, I, I am... I have been uh, doing some work outside, and if I didn't have my son, my oldest son Christian, uh, I would not get anything done. He, is, if I, so eat him last. It, yeah, <laughs> the, pro, the projects, the projects that we've done, if he was not there, they wouldn't happen. I am right. probably like uh, Todd. I start a bunch of stuff, and then I get halfway through, and I'm like, yeah, excitement's done, and I just don't have. The wherewithal to you know finish up. So my heart wasn't in it. But it, uh, when I go out, I'm like I'm gonna go and get this um get this done. I'm like Christian, hey you want to come out and help me? And uh, he's like sure. And and literally we'll be in the middle of something. He's like we need to keep doing this. <laughs> um, we're we not gonna finish it. We need to finish this. I'm like today. He's oh <laughs> god man it's two o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> and everything is getting done. The RV, the backyard, things are getting done. I'm realizing, man, Christian, he's got like...
4: You're uh, consuming
0: child labor. Nicely done. <laughs> no, but but my wife, Tanya, she is like, it needs to be done now. We're doing it now. It's a thousand hours of work, but it's going to get done in 30 <laughs> minutes. And it gets done, and, and she has passed that on to Christian. And thank God, thank God for my wife. That uh, he has this, and man, he is just like, No, we're getting it done. I'm like, oh, Okay, God. Awesome. I just want to rest.
4: Jeff's like, It's union break time. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and now you can rest. We get a recess at public schools. Whoa, 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 whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa. 10 minutes every 50 minutes. That's how it works. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: that's good. And on top of it, he's like, can I have a thousand dollars? I wish I had a <laughs> thousand.
4: <laughs> I'm not joking. He's like, I need a thousand dollars for that work.
0: He's like, how do I make a thousand dollars in the stock market? I'm like, you could do options, but that's super risky. He's like, I have forty bucks. I'm like, good luck, kid. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Next, that's Andy. Uh, the two things that I'll I'll be pithy. Uh, fifth Column podcast. If you haven't checked out the Fifth Column, it's really interesting. It's a bunch of media guys that probably i think they would all say they align closer to like libertarian so somewhat in the finger to everybody else mode a little bit but they're all so knowledgeable you're the one who put me onto them zach they're all so knowledgeable and uh they speak so efficiently and so quickly and they fly through stuff but they do a good job of at least like calling bs on who on on various things within the media and um and they have, like, a really deep knowledge. So it's interesting. It's but their they,
1: weekly, as they call it, their weekly assault on the news cycle.
4: Yes. But they, they speak so quickly that, that it took me, like, half an episode to, like, get up to speed. And now it's not something that I can listen to, like, in the background. I've got to pay attention while listening. So that's one. What's it called again? It's called The Fifth Column. Okay. And then the second one has nothing to do that at all, with that at all. And I am one of, in, in diving into the YouTube com- comments, have realized I am one of the people who have gotten the, like, uplifting in the midst of quarantine moment of watching Yo-Yoka, the 10-year-old Japanese drummer who covers Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> and she is amazing. Yeah. Like, No joke, amazing. She covers uh, Rage. She covers Led Zeppelin. She covers the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Jeff. Red Hot Chili Peppers. And so what you see is this 10-year-old Japanese girl who does not speak English, and she's sitting in there, and they they just hit play on the video, and she plays, and she smiles and loves it as she's playing to Killing in the Name of and crushing it. Yeah, and the YouTube comment section is amazing. It ranges from, "My kid got their head stuck in a chair today,"
5: <laughs> to,
4: "I've been playing drums for 30 years and I don't have half the power or feel of this 10-year-old girl who doesn't know the words of the songs that she's playing to." So, Yo Yoka, go look her up on YouTube. And, and it's, it, if you need that itch scratch, you're having a tough time during the day. Her joy is, like, infectious.
1: It's a good thing on the internet.
4: And also, oh my. She, is, she is a genuine prodigy. Yeah, just face right now, I'll describe it to you. His mouth is wide open as he's watching this, this little girl playing. <laughs> describe wow. what you're seeing, Jeff. Uh, a, she looks, like, about eight years old or something. That one, she's probably eight.
0: Wow. She just feels the music
4: Oh Like hands she, in the sky oh yeah. Like she Yeah, so go look up Yo-Yoka oh On YouTube I promise you'll smile So cool That's not her
1: song, Jeff This is great, I love it Now you gotta pull it off right now for copyright reason I, <laughs> I, we'll
0: like I love when Zach cuts us off Censes us in the bylaws, Jeff. You're in a right, Facebook. And
1: we'll finish with Todd. Scott, give us what you're consuming.
3: Um I started uh, well I've, it's been a while, but um listening to Michael Heiser on the Naked Bible. Is that mm, the Naked Yeah. Naked Bible? And he has a YouTube channel too, uh, so that's cool. Naked Bible podcast. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's good um, stuff. He he's heavy in the Old Testament, um, which I like. He's heavy into the spiritual, like uh he talks Levels about, of heaven or He not, talks about the, the an, uh angels, um the um for sons of God, the cherubim, yeah. the seraph the seraphim, um the divine counsel. There that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Um It's really good. A lot of most of the time he's 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 seems like he's just he's giving information. Like this is the information. You can't really argue with it. And he doesn't a a lot of times he doesn't um like come to conc- like say okay this is the interpretation, but then there are times he said okay this is this is the interpretation based upon all this background.
0: So, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. Zach, do you concur? Do you concur that
1: the guy's podcast is called the Naked Bible? And no, I mean it's his worth description to.
0: of it and the things he thinks of it. Do you concur?
1: No, <laughs> <Shut> <laughs> <Maybe>. up,
0: Zach.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I actually subscribe to that one. So yeah. you concur? Yeah. I guess. I don't know what you're doing, <laughs> what Jeff. What
0: is that about? Good grief. <laughs> What's happening? I don't agree
1: with everything the naked Bible guy
0: says. Sorry, but I like, a lo- I like listening to it. <laughs> sorry. It's a, sorry, it's a legion, Thank you, Scott. It's a Leo DiCaprio <laughs> reference. It's, over, right? it's all right.
4: Catch me if you can.
0: Yeah. All
1: yeah. right.
2: Todd. Todd. What are you consuming? Uh, you know, I think actually, <laughs> very um, boring interviews that he has to go to. <laughs> but no, my, my, my wife turned me on to something that you actually told her about this, uh, Sebastian Monskalko. Monco. I, I, mean, I don't even know how to say his name, but yeah. Nobody he's hilarious. Does. Oh, he's a comedian? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I've never heard of him and then all of a sudden I start watching him and he's everywhere. He, and so it's it's the great. way the algorithm works. Like once you start watching something, you yeah. see it everywhere. But that's so he good. is out there and yeah, he's he's really funny and clean and just
4: Hilarious. He's probably not that funny if he's clean.
2: then. <laughs> I mean, he, he's way funnier than he I'm deserves kidding. to be for being clean. And uh, this cultural moment is kind of my favorite podcast that I listen to right now. Um, shoot, it's a guy up in Portland and another guy out in uh, Australia. Um, Mark is the guy in Australia, and the uh, guy in Portland. I'm just trying to remember his name. Oh, now I'm totally sounding. Like That's I'm all right. But. It's called This Cultural Moment, and it's actually great discussion about the post-Christian world we find ourselves in and how we um, just navigate it. And it's, you know, it's a little dated because it happened more than, or most of the episodes all happened before the quarantine. So, you know, that's Mark Sayers is the guy in Australia. And uh, the other guy, I read all his books and I think he's awesome too, but I can't think of his name right now. But anyway... That's him. He's in Portland. Nice. Yeah. When yeah. you
0: said this culture moment, I thought you were going to say this culture moment brought to you by yes. <laughs>
2: Massengill. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> hey. Make sure you capture that for uh, me. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, those. And then I just got this book from Maxwell that I've been reading this week and just did, I was late getting here because I didn't want to put it down. Um, it's really good. It's called Speaking of Jesus by Carl Medeiros. It's not new. It, it came out in 2011. It's called The Art of Not Evangelism. And, um, yeah, anyway. Color me intrigued. Interesting guy. And he just says he, he's talking about giving up our version of how we do evangelism. And he, um, yeah, he's got some really good good points about just speaking of Jesus. Person that you know rather than talking about him. Mm. So, anyway,
1: that sounds interesting. It's good stuff. (laughs) Jeff? (laughs) Uh,
2: I
0: just think about how much aversion or how much the op like going the opposite isn't a natural thing to just go. Let's go into podcast seven. Um, How much we go in opposition of like what's going on today or at any time as we grow up. Just our natural tendency, some to just be consistent and follow the Olympic road or to go off the path. And like, I have an idea and it's not this. It's the opposite of that or it's an addendum to that. And I'm fascinated by the conversation and the beliefs within this room here. Um, Scott and Zach, you're at odds at times sometimes Mm, i disagree
3: it's all the time
0: (laughs) and and the open and and probably scott believe i believe that and probably (laughs) um a lot of what um just just what todd is listening to or what uh zach you know put me on to with no agenda just all the ideas that are out there that we we don't even no there's so there's millions and millions of people out there and they all have their own ideas and they they're not agreeable they're somewhat agreeable but when you get down to the crux of it there's things that people disagree on and there's things that people agree on and i guess it comes back to like how would jesus respond probably with a question right andy
4: that was a question There was two questions actually Shut How up, would Andy. Jesus respond And write Andy Maybe <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah Alright Scott, Scott What were you going to
1: bring up
3: You got like 10 <laughs> seconds What was your concept um, 100 million dollars There's a movie out about It's called the Trayvon hoax I'm just saying uh, <laughs> yeah, Are
0: but, you serious Yeah The Jeff, Trayvon hoax oh Jeff Joe McCarthy, Richard Nixon, Studio Baker, Television, North Korea, South Korea. Marilyn Monroe. Uh.